And we're live again. Uh, today, I'd like to welcome Carmel Brown to the call. Uh, we're going to be talking about retaining staff in a candidate market. So welcome to the call, Carmel. Thanks, David. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. That's uh, a pleasure. Maybe uh, let's give everyone a bit of a snapshot of who you are and what you do and uh, a bit of background. Yeah, sure, no problems. Um, yeah, Carmel Brown, uh, Director of the Proven Group. Uh, we've, um, we've actually got seven pillars in our business, um, but in particular, we do a lot in the HR space and recruitment, uh, careers, training and upskilling, um, and industrial relations, anything to do with, with employees. Fantastic. Look, uh, today, and I suppose, look, it's, it's been a topic that a lot of people have been talking about, thinking about is uh, we're, we're in a candidate-rich market, which means as a business owner or as an employer, we're really struggling to find people, to retain people, and all I'm hearing about is poaching. You know, it's probably one of those things that you either do it because you have to or you're horrified if someone does it to you. So tell me a bit about what your thoughts are, your philosophy is around this current economic climate and what business owners should be doing to retain their staff? Mm. Look, it's a hot topic at the moment, David. It's a space that we're working in all of the time um, and quite often we'll hear from business owners as well and it's all about um, in Chapter 1 of a book that I've recently written and published. First of all, they'll talk about how their staff drive them crazy and how business would be easy um, if it wasn't um, for the staff. But when to actually, like it's managing and motivating the team yeah. as well. We actually call about, we actually speak about with your team, when you've got a team, make sure that you've got them all on, it's getting them all on the bus. When you've got them on the bus, make sure they're in the right seats and make sure they're all on board and going in the same direction as you. Because as we know, whether you're business owners or employers, we all have a different perspective of the business. So whether that be if you're a business owner, you look at the business differently and you're invested differently, yeah. just like the employee. Mm -hmm. So neither perspective is wrong, mm -hmm. it's just different. Um, and as we know people, we're complex human beings. Yes. We come with baggage. Yeah. And that's what we also need to be able to um, understand. Um, speaking of the book as well, Chapter 6, it actually talks about what we're talking about today, how to attract and retain good staff. Okay. So the, the market has changed, as, as we all know. Mm. So those businesses, if you're writing a job ad and putting it on seek and sitting there and waiting for people to apply, you're wasting your time and money. Right. It is about tapping people on the shoulder. So you can call it that, you can call it poaching, you can call it proactive talent search, you can call, call it everything. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, that's... Unfortunately, that's what's happening and that's what needs to, um, to happen in the recruitment space because a, a lot of candidates are getting placed, they, they're not looking to change employers, but when they're being tapped on the shoulder, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, they feel quite complimented. Yeah. They're like, oh, somebody actually noticed me. Right. So how much are they being noticed in the business by their employer? So to inoculate, Even because uh, it's an interesting point you make yeah. there. Um, so what you're saying is if someone gets poached, or approached. Um, yeah. The first thing is if they're already recognised and rewarded within their current employee, employee the likelihood of that having um, an egg, of that working is less. Yes, 
It is. And also to make a point on that as well is sometimes um, those that are proactively searching, they'll think, oh, I'll just throw more money at them and they'll come over to me. But we'll always say money is not a motivator. Sometimes it can be a demotivator because everybody has a different perception of how much they're actually worth in what they do. Um, But by, yeah, investing in your team and um, working with them and look, nowadays, because it is a candidate's market, they want more than just a job. Yeah. Yeah. So they're expecting to see what lots of love and sort of social and an environment that they actually buy into. Yeah. That's exactly right. And even with the trade um, clients that we recruit for, like, you know, if they've got a, f- a fish and chip Friday, tell the candidates they've got a fish and chip Friday. It's all about what um, the employer can do for the candidate as well. So to start a job ad off with, you know, we've been around for 50 years and we do this, that and the other, uh, it's just, yeah, as the, like, the latest word at the moment is called snoozeville. <laughs> if the candidates are going to read that, they just snooze. Um, it's about breaking through the noise as well on SEEK. And um, that's where we've, as we describe, have turned recruitment on its head. So we'll um, have a, like a 60 or 90 second video about the business for the candidate. Okay. So instead of talking about the business that's been around for 50 years and how you know we're established and blah, 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 we start talking about what the candidate's going to experience working with us. Yes. Absolutely. And the lurks, the perks, um, like another client we, um, we were working with, they, they had a gym. Yeah. Like it's a sporting um, uh, facility. Mm-hmm. So they had a gym and then um, employees have free access to the gym and then they also to, um, there's free parking on site. Yeah. Tell them all, tell them all the good stuff. As well, I'm working with a guy who's in manufacturing, in steel manufacture, and uh, one of their businesses is a brewery. <laughs> and it's in the same premise, right? And I said, you know, that, that's probably one of the best reasons for someone to work there of all times. He goes, oh, yeah, but that's, you know, that's not what we do. I said, oh, no, it's not what you do, but it's on your site. Surely everyone needs to know there's a brewery on site. And uh, he started Absolutely. to tune in. So I think what you're saying here is uh, we really need to start thinking not in terms of money, not in terms of, you know, our company and how awesome it is, but in terms of really what the employee is going to experience working for us. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And yep. then even with the like, current employers, two things I'll always speak about. Yeah. And sometimes people just think that they're like employers can think they're just words or they're not really uh, values, values of the organisation. Because apart from um, candidates looking for more than just a job and flexibility, yeah. The third and in those top three, the other thing that's always mentioned as well is do their values align with mine. Yeah so important but values it's we run a lot of value um set uh, workshops because it's not about having values in a frame on the tea room wall or sometimes in the top desk of some some desks in their office and (laughs) thinking they're just a bunch of words that you know what does customer service mean or accountability or integrity or whatever that is Hmm. values are a tool so they need to be actually used, um, and, it's, and it's a way in which we all behave in an organisation. So if the values, are, especially if they're built with the team as well, they will resonate with the team. They will yep. work them and they will live them, and then they can be form, they can be performance managed okay. against them. 
So like anything, if you don't know what you're being measured against, how can you work towards it? So, so give me an example. So you've talked about values not being just a poster on a wall. So what's an application? Can you be specific and tell me how, how as a business should I be applying my values? Absolutely. So first of all, the values need to resonate with each of the team. If, if it's a large organisation, they'll normally do it by department. Mm -hmm. So they need to understand what, what is customer service? What do we sell? What do we serve? What are our products? What are our services? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if it's accountability, uh, what does really accountability mean? What do you uh, what are you expecting from me? So that's what we work on throughout the workshops. When that is all clear, if somebody is therefore not turning up to work or they're turning up late or they're turning up and they're just not engaged and mm. they're not doing their work, they're not being accountable. So therefore, when they're being performance managed, they can actually be managed against that particular value. The values of our organisation include accountability and customer service. No. This is where we're finding that you um, are letting, you know, that you're not fulfilling your role at the moment. Let's talk about it. And they might think, oh, some, and the number one, the number one in any organisation where there's, um, it's always miscommunication or misinterpretation. Yeah. So talk about it. Um, most times with that, with that example would be if the person is not, you know, they're, they're disengaged. And when you have disengaged team as well, that's the other point I talk about when we're talking about um, retaining staff mm. is culture. Okay. So it's values of organisation and the culture of an right. organisation. And so when you say culture, is that different to values? Yep, absolutely. So um, quite often we'll even see and some business owners and employers might think, oh, I've got a great team, they're happy, everyone's happy. But having a happy team doesn't mean you've got a good culture. Okay. You can always identify a good culture when you've got an engaged, productive team. They're the ones that will see and invest in the business just like you as a business owner, even though they're an employee. Mm -hmm. That's how you can tell you've got a good culture. Mm. Um, as I say, everyone can be happy and just turn up to work. Yeah. But having the culture, it's that it's something that you can't see, but it's as we describe it, it's the vibe. It's the vibe. It sounds like the castle, doesn't it? It does. Um, it's the vibe. You can feel it, it does. <laughs> you can feel, yeah, you can feel um, culture in a business when it's strong. And you'll feel it in the vibe, definitely. Yeah. Well, I suppose look, what we're looking for today is some practical advice. And um, there's a couple of yep. sort of sore points out there, and one of them I've heard a few times is I've got, I've got employees knocking on my door saying I've been offered $30,000 more. So we're talking 30% in the vicinity of 30% pay increases. How, how does an employer respond to that? Yeah, look, that is really tough, David, because depending on their financial um, situation, yeah. um, some have, um, you know, a stretch to the limits or will mm. stretch themselves to the limit and say, yeah. okay, if they don't pay the thirty thousand, that they might say, okay, for example, I'll pay you twenty five thousand, but here's some other lurks and perks. It might be yep. you get a petrol card with the company car, or you'll get you know the phone or laptop or whatever it may be, just depending on the actual position. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's those um, employees that unfortunately have to let them go. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's always good to have a conversation, and this is where we've come in as third party, I suppose, mediators a lot of the time, and had conversations yeah. with the employer, with the employee approaching them and mediating the conversation mm. and even to the extent of what we call whiteboarding it 
put it up on the whiteboard, the pros and cons. Okay, 30 grand, it's a lot of money, that's awesome. But really, how do you feel about working for that employer? What are they offering you? Yeah. Yep, 30 grand's a lot of money, but is money everything? Yeah. Um, and we've um, and there's been more often than not, the employee has stayed with the employer after we've had that mediation session. Because when we come in, we actually act on behalf of the business. Mm-hmm. So we're not on the employer's side and we're not on the employee's side. Because yeah. the business doesn't have a voice. Mm. So that, that's where we act. Okay. And once you whiteboard it and put it all up, it's like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, right. It looks different. Yeah. So really, it's about sort of uh, approaching it head on and just having the conversation rather than just sort of panicking yes. about this uh, fear of what would happen if someone gets offered more money. That's exactly right. And it's all about having, they're called robust conversations. We have them all the time. Yeah. It's what we do. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people understandably are really uncomfortable in doing it. Hmm. And when you're the business owner and it's the employee, understandably, it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah, so having a mediation it's awkward, but they do the feel party. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. So let, let's talk a bit about recruitment because we've talked about the yes. retaining part, which is, okay, you've got to make sure that you love them, you communicate with them, they understand your values, there's, there's a good vibe in the place. Um, they, these are all important things. And I think like as, as we evolve through this current economy, it's sort of getting pretty tough because I think people are scared. Right. Even employees who are leaving for these new jobs, we don't know how sustainable they are. <coughs> yes. But um, let's look at the other side. It, it's a tough market to recruit in right now. Yes, um, it is. What's your thought process? Because I know a lot of people are saying Seek doesn't work anymore. Is that is that true or is that just really a justification for a low number of people applying? Yeah, it, Seek definitely does still work but it doesn't work like it used to. And the reason it doesn't work like it used to, we actually describe, to really quite honest with you, David, the way the recruitment market is at the moment, we describe it like the old blockbuster video versus Netflix. Yeah, right. Hypothetically, because you think of the old blockbuster, for those that are old enough to remember the old blockbuster (laughs) video, you you would get in your car, you would drive to the shop, You'd pull up, you'd walk in there, you'd go in there, you'd go to the new releases. Most of the time they weren't even there. You'd grab whatever you needed to get. So you walked out with it, you returned it late, you, you got charged a fee. Who charges their customer a fee? Anyway, charge their fee, and then Netflix come, come along. So it's, it's at our fingertips and we choose what we want, etc. That is That is how the recruitment market has gone, if you can follow that analogy. So what I'm saying there is, yes, still recruit on, like still put an ad on seek, but you need to do so much more. Yeah. You need to do what's called a proactive recruitment campaign. Right. What that means is, it's not about, oh, you know, hi, I'm speaking to this person, can you find me a candidate? Yep, no problems, we'll just write an ad and you can approve it, we'll advertise it. Go into the organisation, as we do, do a deep dive. Speak to the key people learn about the business, who do they want, what does the business represent. Um, it's a values again, learn those. But when you're doing the proactive recruitment campaign, I mentioned before, it's breaking through the noise. Yep. Have a 60, 90 second video for the candidate to watch. They don't want to read a big boring old job ad anymore. It's too wordy, it's too, yeah, they just want to watch something that's more engaging as yep. well. 
Yeah. And um, we go even also to the extent that we will actually also profile the job. What does the job require? And then profile the top um, candidates. The reason you do that is because even when you think you've got a successful candidate, we describe um, when you turn up for an interview, a, a one-act play. What that means is the candidates got all dressed up, rehearsed their lines, they come in, mm. they sit down, they're ready, they, they want to get the job, so you, you can't blame them. Yeah. However, what won't be unveiled in an interview is the behaviour mm -hmm. of that person, their yeah. working behaviour. So by um, doing a um, like the individual profile, you compare it to the job profile, and when you've done that, you'll see how the graphs match. So not that we pigeonhole anybody at any time, but you can yeah. soon identify where the difference is mm -hmm. and what training this person will possibly need to successfully fulfill that role. Yeah, right. And or how long they'll even stay in the role. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so really so, like um, what you just described, and, and it was a good analogy, the Netflix um, blockbuster, yeah. is um, we're in a situation now where placing an ad on its own doesn't work. And no. it doesn't work because, first of all, there's not enough candidates coming through. Second of all, it's now a buyer's market. So we've got to make our ad more attractive. And the first part of that is to make sure that we're talking about what the benefits to the candidate are versus what the benefits to... So it's like the price is... It's almost switched sides, hasn't it? It used to be, we're a big company and we're well established and you should work for us and you'd be lucky to get the job. To now, yes. hey, you're awesome, and you need somewhere to thrive, and our company will give you everything you need to be successful, which is a very different. That's it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so it's it's pretty humbling, I suppose, for most people who are sitting there. We've never had to do that before, and you go, well, mm -hmm. um, we've never been in a scenario where we've had all-time low unemployment, and mm -hmm. wages are going up because the the big issue I've had with people who are complaining about the wage increase because we're hearing it from the government. We're hearing about CPI, we're hearing about inflation. So it's inevitable wages are going to go up. Now, yes. the irony of that is as wages go up, the, the money's going to come from somewhere. Okay, And so where's it come from? So as a business owner, it's either going to come out of your profit if you have any, or it's going to be a price increase in your service delivery or an expectation yes. increase in what the candidates are going to provide. And, and I think this is where it's really quite interesting because... I've always been a big fan of, I don't, know, I don't mind how much I pay an employee. What I mind is what I get for my money, my return. And I think like uh, we're moving away from hourly rate, right? When people say I want a pay increase, you go, okay, well, I can't make you work more than 40 hours because that's the limit, but I can expect more in my 40 hours, right? And so we yes. start looking for the higher caliber can candidate. What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, no, and you are. You're exactly right, David. And that's what is making it so difficult. And more and more what we're seeing is, yes, because they do, they need to keep their, sometimes like there's some staff that are just the gems of the yeah. organisation. Yeah. Um, and they're the ones they really need to retain. And the only way that they can, unfortunately, is, yeah, to put the prices up and it does get passed on to the customer. Mm. Um, that's what we're seeing. Yep. Very much so. Um, and depending on the organisation and the product and the service, um, you know, some might not be first to, you know, to admit that is, you know, they're not going to advertise the fact they've got to keep their staff to be able to serve them. They might say they're keeping up with inflation or they're keeping up with the, you know, the yeah. costs that are coming on, you know, to them as uh -huh. well. And, um, yeah, so it, it, is, it is really tough. But once again, 
when we do sit down, and it's only because of the success that we have, when we whiteboard with employers, and employees not necessarily saying that, you know, they're going to leave if you don't pay me, but pay hell about a price rise, having those robust conversations, having us come in, be the third party, so to speak, as being a facilitator of the conversation, whiteboarding it, and then being able to see sometimes it's not all about money. It might be an extra RDO. Mm-hmm. It might be, yeah, it might be something like that. It might be more flexibility, work one day a week at home if that suits the family. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, it might not necessarily be about I need an extra $100 in my back pocket each week. Yeah, right. But it's, but as the old saying goes, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So unless um, you've, by mediating and facilitating a conversation, you can actually draw all of that out. Because once somebody has got something in their head, they're stuck on it, I need an extra $100 a week. What is an extra $100 a week? What does that look like? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose they're hearing, in the, in the, they're hearing it on the news. They're hearing it from all their friends and colleagues. You know, you, sh- you should leave. You should ask for a pay rise. There's people paying more money out there. And these little voices gnaw away and they go, but I'm loyal. And they go, but you're being stupid, you know. You're missing out on opportunity. You need to talk to your boss. And the boss is sitting there terrified going, I don't want to have this conversation because as long as I say nothing, nothing changes until the day <laughs> that person. <laughs> so, so look, uh, I'm, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but if we were to summarise, you know, we, the, the topic today was retaining staff in a candidate-rich market. And um, I'm looking for three or four key takeaways, key action items that people should address to actually minimise loss and to also maximise retention. Um, what would you What would you sort of list as your top three? My top three, one I haven't touched on that I always like to touch on, invest in your team. Yeah. Don't think training is an expense. Don't think training them or professionally developing them is an expense. Look at it as upskilling them. It's an investment. If you invest in your team and upskill them, whether like from the technical ground staff right through to your leaders and your managers, invest in them, professionally develop them. And then also, it's not even going a step further, it's just in addition to do the team building workshops. Apart from the fact there's so much fun, that's probably the most fun thing we get to do. Um, But if you do the team building workshops, that's where you get everybody in the room together and yep. that's where you've got those that think, oh, you know, I don't know about this one and that one. And, but once you learn, as I say, who's who in the zoo, you learn how to work and manage with people and how to communicate with them. As we know, there's some people that you don't want to ask how their weekend was. It annoys them. There's yep. other people, if you don't ask how their weekend was, they're like, oh, said rude. Yeah. Um, so learn about who, who's on your team. Who do you work with? Yep. So, many, like, so training and upskilling. Okay. Definitely one of my top ones. And I will also go back to as well the, um, the do a value setting workshop. If you have not done one, absolutely imperative to do one. Values are a tool in an organisation mm. and they can be used for the employer and employee. That is how performance is managed. Yes. That is where you get to manage, learn how to um, successfully manage people up or manage them out. Mm-hmm whatever is the healthiest for the business. And with those golden gems that you've got, one word of advice as I always give is whatever they do be over and beyond, always make sure it remains appreciated, not expected. Okay. Very good. There's a lot of pearls in there, a lot of gems. Um, you mentioned a, a book that you've actually just finished publishing. and. Uh, 
I think what I'm going to do is get the URL off you because you offered it up to everybody who's on the call or who anyone who sort of watches this recording. Um, so what, what's that? What's the best place for them to Absolutely. go? Absolutely. Yep. So if you go to our website, um, yep. so theprovengroup.com.au yep. forward slash book. Um, I'm more than happy. It's my way of giving back to the business community. It is a book for business owners. Mm -hmm. I write about the 10 top challenges that every business owner faces. Chapter one is talks about stuff drive me crazy. So it's written like that. It's very easy read, only 100 pages. But the reason I am giving the book away is because that's why I wrote it. I wanted to let business owners know they're not on their own. Yeah. I once upon a time started a business. I have been very fortunate and worked hard as we do to grow it to be a successful business that it is today. And being in HR, I just wanted to give back and share. Um, there's lots of examples and there's a lot more key takeaways in there as well. So it's a hard copy book, like a soft copy, but it's an actual book. It's not a PDF or um, downloadable. Yep. And we will post that to you as well, free of charge. And there's always um, a couple of little goodies in there as well. So yeah, fantastic. If you like chocolate, order one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Carmel, look, I want to thank you so much for your time and your insight today. It's, uh, it is a challenging space for a lot of people in business right now, and they're trying to work out what the best way to approach this is. So just a couple of tips like that. Just to recap what you said, um, values is critical we've always had values as, as part of our recruitment because when we talk about you know do you employ people on skills or attitude attitude trumps skills all day of the week but the problem is how do you measure it and values is the answer right understanding what's important to you as a it. business owner uh, the second thing you said is training and it reminded me of a story i heard many years ago about you know those people that are fearful of what happens if i train them and they leave and the opposite is what happens if you don't train them and they stay. They stay. That's <laughs> it. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then you talked about the team building, the the the, the activities yeah. to actually bond the team together because I think it is more than just money, isn't it? It's it's about it's about a place oh, where people yeah. plug in. And I, and I think, you know, I used to tell people when you go to work, you spend, if you think about it, right, eight hours a day at work, eight hours a day in bed, right? So that leaves you eight spare hours. So 50% of your waking hours is in the workplace. And so if you're not happy there, right, then what are you doing? And so making sure that the team environment is a fun place to go to work, people get excited to go to work and they're feeling rewarded in that I think would trump just the pay packet on its own. So some really good tips there. Absolutely. Thanks, David. Yeah, no, right. it's been great. Thanks for having me on. It's been yeah, great to be able to share um, yeah, some of what I see all day, every day. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, Carmel. And um, yeah, if anyone needs to reach out to you, Carmel Brown, pretty easy to find. Just I'm sure there's not many Carmel Browns in the world, but there will be not many at the group. Always find me at the group. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Carmel. Thanks, David. Bye.